When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to the Handmade Podcast, episode 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16, baby. We were here. We've made it. We've put a moratorium on all bathroom comments for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're back. We're all back. We're all here. And it's been busy weeks for everybody, I know. I know Paul's had a busy week. So why don't you start us off, Paul? What have you been working on the last week? So Railings. in the last week, <laughs> no, those are almost finished. Um, but I did start to install um, that structural job up in Watertown um, that I was telling you guys about, uh, that, that concrete house. Um, it I like was, the excavator crane. Do you like that? Yeah, they had a big excavator there, and we were using that to lo- uh, drop the steel beams into place. And then, of course, it started, like, downpouring, right, as I'm standing up on top of all the steel trying to put it in. And I got pretty much all of it in. I just got to go back and stand up the column and set everything. Um, Tighten down the bolts. I got to put more bolts in. And then I got to weld the um, other ends of the beam onto the bearing plates that are in those beam pockets. And that's pretty much it. So I got to go back there Monday and finish up. But we got everything up, which is good. Don't you think you should have fucking tightened that shit up before you left or what, kid? No, they're, they're, t- oh, they're all right. tight. All right. It's going to go back. Yeah, just, gonna, like, all the shit's going to be on the ground. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it, it would be impossible for them to, unless there was a tornado that sucked it up out of the bean pockets and like into the <laughs> lake next to it. Um, they're, they're staying in there. There's no way you, anybody could get them out. What do you use to tighten it up with? Just a, a spud wrench. Just a spud wrench. Yeah, just or an impact to one too. Yeah. Well, there's um the TC bolts. This isn't TC bolts, but if you use those, they have a gun that's that torques them to a specific yeah. tightness and breaks off, snaps off the end. Um, yeah. But they didn't need that for um for this. Do you have you, a good impact gun that you use? Or what yeah, I have a, a big Milwaukee corded one yeah. um, that I use. What's the, what's the uh, proper, like, 
spec? Like, what's the the foot pounds that it should be? Or do dude, you I don't even I don't even know. It's like just once the you know it's once tight. it stops turning. Yeah, yeah. once it stops really turning. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's cool is like those new the newer Milwaukee cordless ones, the big ones. They have the the one key, and you can set the max torque on your oh, phone, wow. which is really good for like uh they they add uh they push them towards mechanics. Cause like you can set your lug nut torque. Yeah. So many mechanics just over tighten the lug nuts and yeah. pe- you know, it's, they're Taking only supposed to go to like 170 or whatever it is, but that might be something like uh they're big, like three quarter inch or half inch impact probably has enough. But what's cool is you could limit the torque. So you're not like overstraining the bolts and you don't even have to think about it. You're literally just go until the gun stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Like smart tools like that. They just came out with a, a crazy like one inch impact. Oh, like I think I've mechanics. seen that. It's big, like, like it's like there's a part of it that goes in front of your hand. It's like looks totally different. Yeah, it looks like a jackhammer. Yeah, but it's a yeah. cordless impact, and it's like they're uh, they're interviewing um, diesel mechanics that were using it, and they're like, you know, it's like the just the fact that you can set the max torque and not never have to think about it when you're working on like a big like caterpillar machine. It's like that alone saves enough time to make it's you know it's an expensive tool, but it's really awesome. Some of that stuff the technology is like, how did we, how do we go this long without it? It just makes so much sense. Mm. But sometimes I hate when they fucking try to cram technology into shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like some of it is good, but like, I, I hate some to go back. It, well, the theory first iteration of the one key, like the Milwaukee thing I'm talking about was supposed to be to keep your tools from getting stolen. So you could like lock them with your phone. In the Bronx right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That but, seems ridiculous and know. like useless, but, but, and then there was another way to like limit the RPMs of your like screw gun, which also seems stupid, but the only application of it that has made sense to me was the torque, you know, cause it'd be nice if you had to tighten all your bolts to like 200 foot pounds and you could have a gun that you just handed to your guys and said, Hey, go tighten all the bolts. You never have to even think about it. You know, that that seems really cool. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, those, like, if somebody wants to steal your uh, drill, they're going to steal it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, those fe- those Festool vacuums, they have Bluetooth. And first, I'm like, you know, that's, that's kind of stupid. But then all the cordless tools, you know, it, they connect with it. So if you have a cordless, you know, sander, when you turn it on, it's going to just link up with it and it turns the vacuum on. But I'm like, you know what? The fucking plug them one does that too, you know. So yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to spend an extra thousand dollars for that. Yeah, but, you know, I I don't know. I I go back to the cordless shit. I know Lucas gets mad when he hears me say this, but just the cordless shit. I I don't know. I still for, like cords. You, I, I do too. Things, certain things, but you like know. I was using a big Hilti hammer drill, and mm-hmm. it's like. I drilled a million holes with it. You can't do that with anything. Cool. No, you'd be yeah. running. You'd be running through twelve batteries. It's just yeah. not. It's not yeah. worth it. It's. It's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, some. It's got its place. I mean, I like and, the combo stuff. Like, because isn't like the Dewalt chop stuff? Like, you can plug that in. And, oh, and I can see cool. that. Like, if it's remote or something, but. Yeah. You know, it's like give me the fucking cord. You know? The other thing uh, is, it's Tombo like just did that with all their new tools. They're all like, uh, it's all called multi-volt. Uh, so all their new cordless tools can be either. I want to say they're they might be thirty-six volt, but all their tools can be plugged in. Like you could even plug in like the drill if you really wanted to, hmm. which definitely has its application, right? Because if you're like, let's say you're using the hammer drill and it's a great hammer drill cordless, but you got to just give it a little extra push. Yeah. 
yeah. you can just throw a cord on it. That's it's pretty convenient. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, the other problem is like, especially with those bigger Milwaukee tools, the batteries are so expensive. When you get, I know you're showing me that Milwaukee core drill. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so much else going on with the core drill. Yeah, there's hoses and water pumps, yeah. or even if you're hooking up directly to a hose, it's like. Just you might as well just throw a cord on there because you got yeah. a battery that's probably like I don't even know six hundred dot like those huge batteries. They're like car batteries. Yeah, they're massive. It's yeah. then it adds you know twenty pounds to it. But right. for certain like applications, cells. I could I could see how you know you would need it. Like maybe if you're core drilling somewhere like way up on the side of a cliff or something. And yeah, you know, like I was doing that one time and you didn't have a cord. But they know. have a they have a two tools with that big battery platform that I think are really cool. One of them is, uh, one of them is the, the cutoff saw Oh like yeah. If you're cutting in a basement, like in a brand new building, you've got no electric and you don't want to run gas, you know, cause mm. you, you can't run gas in an enclosed space cause of OSHA, but you also don't want to cause it, you know, it's loud and it stinks. So that's cool. And then they have another light that's supposed to essentially replace a generator light because that's how bright it is. Oh, wow. So wow. instead of having to run like a job site generator light, which Derek, I'm sure you guys have on oh, the yeah. side of the road when you do yeah. all your work at night. Imagine yeah. if that was just silent, but just yeah. gave the same amount of light. But again, you know, it's like, you know, you spend $6,000 yeah. on a site light, you yeah. know? We just got, um, my, one of the foremen just gave me a, um, a battery, Milwaukee bat, uh, not a battery, a flashlight, mm. but it didn't come with the battery, but we have Milwaukee drills. So they work with those, the 18 volts. Mm-hmm. And I used it the other night. It was actually the night I was talking to you, Chris, and I was working in Roxbury, but uh, it gets echo quick, but it was so nice. It had like, like four different modes. Mm-hmm. So one, it was like a spotlight. Then it was like a, just a, you know, uh, like a floodlight. It was so nice. It lasted, you know, I, I can't, I don't know how long, yeah, but longer than I needed. Some of the best. So beautiful though. Like just, it was just illuminated so nice and, mm-hmm. you know, it was big and everything, but it, it was definitely did the trick, you know, but what are you yeah, working they, on this week, Chris? Is it me? still what top am I secret? Or? Am I working on anything top secret? Well, I was supposed to be building my 80 uh, foot long fence today. But uh, unfortunately, Uh-oh. my uh, I had some issues with my local uh, municipality and their uh, their opinions as to whether or not the fence fits in the aesthetic of the village. So uh, unfortunately, I'm not building it. But my client has decided that we're just going to build go it through. anyway. We're going to build it. Any- well, so you know, <laughs> when you deal with when you deal with like this type of thing, right? We're not building anything structural. We're not building anything that has life safety involved with it. So you're really just interpreting, you're interpreting a code and code books and the enforcement of codes when they're not like, you know, uh, clean cut structural code, it's about interpretation. So one person on the panel interpreted the code in a way that said we couldn't put a gate in front of the driveway uh, or excuse me, a fence in front of the driveway. But I don't interpret a driveway gate as a fence, right? You wouldn't call a driveway gate a fence. It's a gate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the code book about gates. My client agrees. So he's like, we're putting the gate up. Forget it. We're just doing it. And then the other thing the code says is that the fence can be up to three feet tall without getting any special permits. So he said, fine, if they're not going to let us make it four feet, we'll just make it three feet. And then when they tell us it looks stupid, we'll be ready to add the extra foot. And they'll be begging us to make it look less stupid. And yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's his property and it's his, I guess, somewhat it's his liability in terms of the town. If the town decides to come and say, hey, we're going to give you a fine, um, you know, I'm I'm really just involved as a courtesy because 
you know, he's got a lot going on and I'm trying to liaison it through the town. But yeah, it was a little disappointing Thursday night. Um, I just got such pushback from the village and, you know, some of the arguments were valid, but some of them were like, you know, uh, the guy lives on a hill and it's a very, very heavily trafficked path of people walking up and down to our local beach. And they said, oh, well, the gates are going to be, you know, he's going to have to wait for the gates to open. So he's going to cause traffic. Meanwhile, there's so many people walking up and down the hill. Sometimes he has to wait like 10 minutes for like people with strollers and people on bicycles to even let him into his own driveway. So the gates are, you know, it's, it's a totally like baseless yeah. uh, argument, but you know, it's just upsetting. You know, we've already laid out, uh, we already spent a lot of money on material and we've put a lot of time and energy into what is really supposed to be an improvement on the area. And also just, it's really security for the guy that lives there because people walk onto his property all the time to take pictures of the beach and the sunset. And it's like, he has to pay twice, right? He's got to pay a ton of money in taxes to have this beautiful house on the water. And then he also has to deal with people walking in, you know, into what they think is a public park. So that's what I should be working on. Otherwise I've just been reorganizing my shop. I got my new milling machine. My new uh, gigantic jet milling machine is in the shop. And my little jet milling machine, Paul will be happy to find out, is gone. Well, going. So, if I, if nice. I, uh, you made the right decision. Big Bill, I, I think I would have tried to buy that. Well, thing. you need to just buy Chris's that little grizzly nice. one. Yeah. No, no, I liked that jet. That thing the jet is, is nice. That thing's nice. The jet is a very nice machine. It's 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 a really uh, it's really like a good small shop machine. Yeah. You know, it's cause yeah. it's it's really a tiny bridge port. It's like if you could take a bridge port and just like squeeze it down, yeah. that's essentially what it is. And um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely good. It's just, you know, I made the decision that the bridge port is what I need to have. And, you know, I can almost make the same money on the jet. It's like it's just yeah. got to go. You know, heavy back, little mask. The thing weighs a thousand pounds. Back wow. to that fence. I think part of the problem is when you live in a neighborhood where it's referred to as a village, I think oh. people, a lot of people are fucking assholes. Yeah. So I think that's part of the problem with that story. But oh, I yeah. tell you, it's funny. You know, they wonder why so many people build and do things without pulling permits. Mm-hmm. And that is the exact reason why. Because a lot of people, I'm not saying me, but I know people that just say, you know what, this is bullshit. This is yep. my property. Yeah. And, you know, up in New Hampshire, you know, it, it, you go over the border. I don't know about now, but when we built a couple houses up there, their attitude is you had to get a permit for your septic because they didn't want the environment ruined. Mm-hmm. After that, you want to build a shack and live in it? Good luck. Yep. You know, and it's kind of like. That's how it should be. I understand you got to have aesthetics and stuff like that, but as long as people aren't doing stuff crazy, mm-hmm. it's your property. You should be able to do what you want with it. And for people to come in, you know, you hear like in these historic districts and oh, everything, yeah. you know, people, the, the color of their house, mm-hmm. the this, the that. And I understand they got to keep it nice and stuff, but it's just, um, I don't know. We, we're literally one street out of the historic district, thank God, because it'd probably make me tear my house down. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that, you know, it's, well, um, it, yeah, it's funny it's because crazy. when I went to your house the first time and I saw the garage converted yeah. into someone else's house, like the, yeah. the town I live in, like I'm, I sit on one of the boards, I'm on the architectural review board in the town. So yeah. push and, them through, get this thing pushed through. Right. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's like our job at the architectural review board is to like stop people from 
taking away from the village. So like one, here's a perfect example. Some person from Long Island bought a cheap dilapidated house in Seacliff for 350 and mm. they, without permits, put ripped all the windows out, put in Home Depot windows, shitty Home Depot doors, ripped yeah. all the Yankee gutters off. They were copper-lined Yankee gutters, ripped them off and put yellow vinyl siding on the house and tried to put aluminum gutters on it and took all the architectural detail off the house. Yeah. About yeah. a quarter of the way through it, it, this and this house is literally within view of the front door of the building department. Like when you stand at the front door, you can wow. see this house. But you know these people don't know. They just they buy the house and they're like, "Oh, we'll make a quick buck." Before they even, as soon as they bought the house, they put the architectural drawings on Zillow, listed the house for nine fifty, bought the house for three fifty, listed it for nine fifty the day after they bought it with the drawings of what it would look like. So now they're coming before the architectural review board and they're go and they don't know why they can't keep working. And we're telling them, well, guys, you did exactly what we're here to stop. You uh-huh. bought a nice, you bought a Victorian house from 1920. You ripped every part of it that made it a house from 1920 off of it. And you put the cheapest materials you could buy on it. And my job isn't to make people spend more money, but you can get nicer things that don't cost a tremendous amount of money, but also preserve some of the details that are in a house that was made by craftsmen in the 1920s. You know, it had like hand cut corbels gone just in the garbage. But now since they started without permits and they threw away so much of the detail, they're spending a ton of money because the building department won't give them their permits because they did all this without you know, without all the, all the right stuff in place. So it took five meetings of us denying them for them to finally realize that they weren't going to just be able to keep going without at least doing something. And we say to them, listen, we're not trying to get you guys to undo everything you did, but you just have to show that you at least want to make the house looks like it fits in the town, not cheap. And that's the other thing, you know, it's like they bought literally the cheapest materials you could buy. Yeah, see that sucks. The house. I mean, I see both sides of it because mm-hmm. one, it's like it's funny. Literally, the house next door to me, it's beautiful on the outside, but the inside, the owner, he took everything down. He, you know, it had nice high ceilings. He put in drop ceilings what? and everything. Oh yeah, what, uh, you, growing something, growing something up. Oh, yeah. Growing up, a buddy of mine, his father, they had these beautiful mahogany doors. The father took all the doors out. And years ago, people would put drop ceilings in to save for heating costs and stuff, mm. you know. But it, it, but on the other hand, it's kind of like if it's my property, you know, it, providing it's not an eyesore, you should be able to do what you want. But I, I can't see how you have to preserve it. But two quick things. A buddy of mine growing up, his family was having a swimming pool put in. And they boarded a graveyard. So as they're digging it, they came across human remains. Oh, no. oh my God. Dude, you want to talk about a nightmare? It gets worse. Come to find out. Indian burial ground. No, no, not that bad. But it was a hospital, a field hospital in the Civil War. Oh, oh right? my God. They had to have their whole backyard. Um, they dug it up like an architecture, you know, <laughs> archaeological, archaeological dig. dig, right? Dude, for, for probably two years, it took for them to do this, right? And, and they, they, had, they had to. There was nothing yeah. they could do. Oh, yeah. So you oh, know yeah. what should happen? They should like be compensated for that. Well, they they were. Oh, they, they were. the The city came in. It was actually in Cambridge, oh. and the city came in and they took kind of the house over, and now it's like deeded the historical house and all this stuff. But it was a nightmare for the family. And anytime wow. they want to have to do anything. But yeah, yeah. A, a, another thing was we were at um, Christina's um, boss, her house down the Cape, Cape Cod. 
right down in Truro. And there was a beautiful house up on the hillside. $20 million. Yeah. This guy built this house. It had been vacant for three years. Oh. He did not have permits to put it on a oh my um, God. on a sand dune, right? Wow. You want to talk about brass balls, twenty Dude. million dollars, right? Oh and it's funny, God. we went down there this past summer. We had to pick something up and we were talking to her. And it's occupied now. The guy finally got approvals and stuff like that. But can you imagine spending twenty million dollars on a house <laughs> without like you know, just being like, screw it. You know, you think he's cool with the fence, you know, but mm-hmm. to build a whole fucking house, holy he shit. He must have $100 million because that's oh, the yeah, only yeah, way yeah, I could yeah. see couple that. Hundred. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny about the fence. So, like, the day before, too, when we were going to put the posts in, because, like, you know, my client, like, he's going to do it. And I called the building department. I said, guys, listen, you know, tomorrow I'm putting in the posts, and I sent you the drawings. I just want to get your blessing. And they said no at first. And I said back to him after he was kind of the guy was you know building building inspector was pushing back to me and eventually he let us do it but you know when i went back to the client i said hey listen we might not be able to work tomorrow he said to me he goes nobody nobody is there's no code that says i can't put posts in the ground on my property he goes if i want to i'll put a hundred posts all (laughs) over my lawn and i'll dig them in and i'll put them in with cement and I could tell him that they're all for bird feeders and no one can stop me. That is true. And the yeah. sono tubes, he goes, I could put sono tubes. I could, I could dig 150 holes, fill them all with concrete because I want to rip it all out tomorrow. He's like, you can't tell me that. I, he goes, we were, we're just trying to do it the right way. But as soon as you guys start to like slow me down, he's like, we're just doing it. So, and it was funny because the guy from the building department, like he knows my client. He goes, uh, he's like, I know you guys are just going to do it anyway. And I said, listen, I'm just, you know, I'm just caught in the middle, you know, because I'm trying to do all my due diligence because, like I said, I'm on one of the boards in the village. So I don't want the reputation that I kind of do whatever, you know, I want. But at the end of the day, it's my Um, client's job. But, you know, it's so funny when you talk about these codes and what you can and can't do. um, And it's like, you know, it's all about finding the right loophole. You know, it's, yeah. it's all about finding the right loophole. I don't even get the whole thing about how it's too, you know, he's going to be waiting for the gate to open on his mm-hmm. road. Like, don't they normally just set the gates back like a car length so you could pull into your driveway, let the yep. gate swing in mm-hmm. towards your house and you yep. pull like, but how long is it going to take? An extra four seconds. Yep. Like, and these not- gates are, or they're uh, smart gates. So as you approach with your oh. phone, they know you're coming. So like as he turns the corner onto his block, it knows. the gate's going to know he's on, the, the gate's going to know he's on his way and the gate's oh. going to open. So, and I tried to explain that to them and they're looking at me like I'm like from space. Like I might as well have been trying to like yeah, explain these- like cell phones to a guy driving in a horse and buggy. Anyone that joined, most people that join any type of like committee or board, they have something wrong with them because they yeah. have nothing else better to do. Well, <laughs> but I have nothing better to do on my other yeah. uh, every other Monday night than spend yeah. an hour and a half. Dude, you got to go architect. every other Monday night and do every that? other Monday night. And I've been on it for three years. And oh listen, I do enjoy it because to me, I look at it as just it's good exposure to more building. Right. So I get to see all the drawings, true. every plan. I have yeah. good, you know, you get good relationships with the architects and I get to see like Could a bunch be good of good for business. It could be good for business. I never like I, there was just a guy recently who's going to do like a steel storefront and he was like, oh, I'm trying to find an artisan. And I almost said something. And then I was like, you know what? If he <laughs> finds me, then that's one thing. But I didn't want to like 
stand up in the meeting and be like, hey, you know, I could do Here's this. Here's my you. card. Exactly. So, but you know, it's like, it's cool because I get to see houses that are designed by someone. And then the panel is, uh, it's three architects, myself and another guy. Uh, and I don't, I'm not sure what the other guy's background is, but you know, when you have a couple of architects all looking at drawings and everyone's saying, oh, you know, like, let's change the front layout. Let's make this different. Let's move this gable. At the end of the day, we wind up with the best version of the design, I think. And it's, it's, it's good problem solving to take a design and just make it that much better. You know, like it's good, like it's a good, like brain puzzle to take a design where someone says, Hey, I want to put five windows on the side of my house. And at the end, we all kind of come together and say, this is the best way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a good, uh, you know, it's like Paul, if you got an opportunity to look at other people's staircase and steel designs, you'd be like, huh, that's something I never would have thought of. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So for that, I enjoy it. But for the politics of it, I'm like, oh, my God. I'd yeah, too die. many people probably want to do it because they want to just cause problems and tell other mm-hmm. people they can't put they like they can't put their fence in. That's half the yeah. people that are there mm-hmm. probably have nothing better yeah. to do. Or, you know, I really just don't like that. It's like, well, your opinion, yeah. what you like and don't like don't matter. It's about, you know, you know, what works and it doesn't work. It's not like he's painting the thing neon green. I know. Like I he's know. Ma- he's doing a ma- nice high quality mahogany fence. It's probably going to look really nice. Dude, four thousand dollars in raw material and just 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 for the mahogany. You know, how long paying, is the fence? It's um, it's almost eighty feet. Oh really? But the mahogany is like almost three dollars a linear foot. Like this is the most expensive fence. You know. Yeah, you could imagine. Let's I mean, get it a teak or something. And and we're doing all the posts are aluminum, painted yeah. aluminum, so they never rot. The gates, I I just bought four by four quarter inch posts for the gate posts so that they never sag. I mean, this mm. thing is like top top tier, and that's what makes him so upset too. He's like, you know, it's not like I'm trying to throw up like a chain link fence and I just want to do it. It's exactly. like I'm trying to build like a nice property value adding design feature, but. Anyway. And so who's the one Derek, stopping him? The architectural or not, not your board. No, no, no. The, the planning board, the planning board. But the loophole oh, now the is he's board. like, you know what? We'll just, we'll just take, we'll just take the, the code book and we'll do exactly the limit that we can. And they'll just, mm-hmm. you know, they'll just have to deal with it. And he's not wrong. I mean, I'm building the gates at my shop and I'm literally going to show up and bolt them in. So literally they're going to not be there and then they're going to be there one day. So everyone's going to flip out, but I'm going to show up at like four in the morning and just like bolt them in and then like go on vacation for the weekend. So no one could come and harass me. They might kick, they might throw you off that review board. You're breaking the law, right? No, no. (laughs) I was very careful when I set up his plan. So, um, when you do work on your house in New York, if you if you do work on your own home, you don't need to be licensed or insured. Oh, you gotcha. carry liability. So he is technically the general contractor on the permit. Gotcha. His own house. So I'm in the clear. My, one of my buddies just got a job as a building inspector for the town next door. I wish it was this one because I could use a couple favors. You know? <laughs> like a fourth floor on your house? Yeah, floor? yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> like a uh, skyscraper. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I've been up to, I've I'm finished up a couple top secret projects that uh, I might have mentioned. But, uh, no, one of them, it was um, for a very nice woman, um, made a – thing for i'll leave it at that i posted a little bit about it in my stories but didn't really want to say too much i meant to mention it to her i don't think she really cares but i don't think she just wanted pictures flying around of what i'm making but uh it was uh different it was um it was a cool design and it was um 
you know, push my CNC skills a little bit. And um, I actually just landed another job that's going to push them even a little bit further. And it's kind of um, a little bit of money on the line for the second one. And I'm excited to get started on that. I should uh, be starting on that one soon. But um, in the meantime, I just, I was telling you, Chris, I think about it. I just came across a, a, machine shop by my house that deals in cnc bits and for like industrial machines and stuff like that so it's a nice resource to have close by the guy was real nice real helpful and um you know just kind of show me a couple different things and i'm going to meet with them and uh because i kind of need a couple special bits for one of these jobs and kind of set me straight with those because it's kind of you know it's it's hard it's like you know you can pretty much get any bit to cut anything, but to do it, you know, efficiently and correctly, it's like a different ball game. So I got to start working on that more instead of just cutting things. I need to start cutting things correctly and, you know, making sure I'm doing things the right way and the most efficient way, you know, so I don't waste time, waste money, stuff like that. So, but that's, that's awesome. all I've really been up to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nothing and too they, exciting. Uh, they sell bits and they also do work. Yeah, so they um they do like they mostly sh- just shop in high end like machine tools there, but they do some machine. It's like two different businesses kind of combined together. But um, I I grew up right up down the street from there, and I never even knew it existed. It's been there for like seventy years, but they just like do like the shopping for like all these like big machine shops around here and they also like carry a full line of like industrial like bits you know they they do have some like quarter inch stuff but a lot of it's you know like the basic stuff but most of it's like half inch and up you know like big Mm. big bits but that's what i'm going to be using for one of these things i needed um i i went in there i said a half inch end mill the guy's like oh you're cutting steel and i'm like no it's wood he goes you don't use end mills you use whatever it was something else he goes you know, he's just <laughs> corrected me, but I was like, yeah, whatever. One of these spirally things, you know, one of these twisty things. So. One of these drill bits. Yeah, yeah one, one of these sharp drill, drill bits. One of those, know? like, uh, they cut sideways <laughs> drill bits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but no, but it, it's good. It's, like I said, it's a good resource to have close by. And um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But um, I haven't been doing too much this week, just uh, working on that stuff. Nice. That's exciting. Though. That's a great resource. How do you feel yeah. like with the CNC at this point, you've done a couple of jobs. I know a couple of them you've come to the point where like, if the job, if the project isn't going right, it's faster for you to recut it. Cause you've gotten like, so proficient yeah. with it. Yeah. You, like how, like if you had to give yourself like a, like a rating versus when you got the machine and 10 being like, you've got it a hundred percent down, where do you feel like you are? Like, do you feel um, like you're like 50% there? Yeah, I was going to say I'm a strong six. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I know enough to get myself through things, but I it's so funny. So who said to me this like week? I said something to somebody. I had a CNC. They're like, oh, you don't do real woodworking. And I was like, they don't get it. And that's how I felt about it. But it's like, mm-hmm. man, it is, it's a lot to it. You know, oh, you've yeah. got to know what the hell you're doing, man. You know, mm-hmm. and if you don't, I mean, like I said, you can get stuff to cut, you know, but it's, you know, it's just to do it the right way and to make things like, you know, so when they come off, they fin- the finish on them is nice. There's a lot to it, you know. So, um, but yeah, I get a long, long way to go. And 
just when I think like I'm doing good, I look at some people I watch online and I'm like, man, they make some like amazing shit, you know? And um, mm. I, I hope to get to that level. I mean, a lot of it's just like everything else, you know, you have to have like an eye for design and like aesthetics for, you know, when you create like a sign or something like that, you know, and you have to have the right software to, you know, set it up and everything like that. And um, that's why I'm just so lucky. Vetric just extended my, you know, licensing thing to use their software. Cause I tell you without that, I'd be lost, but their software, it's just unbelievable to use. It's just so intuitive. Like it almost knows what you're trying to do. And it's just so helpful to have good software, you know? So there's my yeah. plug for Vetric. Well, that was what I noticed uh, trying to learn Vectric is it's, it's super powerful and like coming off of, you know, I was using the inventables like built in, mm-hmm. like, uh, Average. uh, yeah, built in web based, whatever program. Yeah. And you know, there, it's not even comparable. It's like going yeah, no. using like MS paint to using like Photoshop, you know, like you <laughs> yeah. get it Photoshop the first time and you're like, Holy shit, what do I do with all these? Yeah. Problems? You know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt the first time I opened Vector Cause it was so sensory overload but yeah um you know one of the things that i want to get back to is that surfboard project and i feel like vectric if i knew how to use it properly could probably make that job so easy and i'm definitely going like the long way but um it'll be one of those things where like i cannot wait to be at the point where you are derek where like yeah it's faster for you to put a file in vectric than it is for you to cut it out with the bandsaw yeah, well, that's like part of the thing with these things I was making. A lot of the pieces are square. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, with Jimmy last week, and he's like, oh, just cut those on the table. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to use the CNC for it. Then I'm sitting here. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm going to just use the CNC. You know, it's here. Because it's just, you know, a matter of programming it. And it, the wood's already on there. I'll just cut mm-hmm. it, you know. So it does, you know, it, it is nice. It's, it's just um, – you know, once you kind of start getting it, it's, uh, but it's at that point, it's hard to get to that point sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, Paul, we just got to get you CNCing and, you know, I'm working on it. Yeah. Working <laughs> nice on about, it. What's nice about the kind of like, you know, you know, eventually Paul will have a CNC plasma table, duh. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely easier to run a CNC plasma because all you're worrying about is your feed rate. It's, it's literally just, it's just a, a flat plane, like, you yeah. know, going up and down and yeah. multiple yeah. passes. And yeah. the only thing though, is there's definitely something to be said about like, cause lately, uh, I've been using the, the torch mate a lot and, um, you have to, and every machine is like this. You have to learn the balance between your feed rate and your amperage on your machine. And it's like, I've been, uh, they, when you, when you get a, like a torch made, for instance, like they give you like kind of an example chart, but it's not, it's not always accurate, right? Some steel is a little harder to pierce. So you wind up having to make a cut chart that says, all right, I'm cutting quarter inch. I got to run it at this inches per minute at this amperage. And my uh, friend of mine has a different CNC plasma and a different plasma unit. And his values are completely different than mine. Cause I'll hit him up and be like, Hey, what are you using to cut eighth inch right now? And he's like, Oh, you know, he's running at whatever, 70 inches per minute at this many amps. And I'm uh, completely different, but, um, it's definitely easier to run a CNC plasma than it is to run a CNC router all day long. Yeah, that that sucks because I do that all the time. Like I'll message somebody and be like, 
what would you cut this at? And they're like, well, you know, your machine's more rigid, so you could go faster, or, mm-hmm. you know, these bits do this. And, and that's, like, the other part of it. Like, you know, the bigger the bit, obviously, like, the faster you can go. But, you know, once you start using real big bits, it it's just a ton of waste of material. You know, you don't realize it, but every time – you know, you're taking that quarter inch off, it's taking it off of both sides of it, and you start adding up, you know, multiple pieces together, you're really starting to dwindle down the material, you know, so Mm -hmm. you can't use, you know, half inch bits on things, and, you know, a a lot of people use, like, three sixteenths, like, to cut things out, but I've been, like, I stick with a quarter inch bit, but it is amazing how different, I just started using compression bits, and, they're really nice, but you know, they're not cheap and it's like, you know, so I'm a little bit afraid to push it too far, but you know, at the same time, like it just, even just the sound of it, it sounds so different. And somebody had warned me about that, that, you know, they're real loud and, um, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's given me much better results. So I'm going to keep going with it, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a learning process, you know? Yeah, I think I said what Izzy Swan said to me when I was working on the surfboard, but he was like, yeah. yeah, when I'm cutting, he goes, I run it to the absolute maximum until I break a bit, and then I back up 15%, and I yeah. go from there. Yeah. And he's like telling me he's running 300 inches per I'm like like terrified going like 100 yeah. inches per minute on my machine. He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, go push it to 300. I'm like, uh, 300? Things yeah. sound like it's going to take off. You yeah, know, that, like, that's the other face. thing. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It's like, you know, I mean, I want to get this stuff done, but at the same time, it's not like, you know, this is my full-time gig, so Mm -hmm. I don't need to strain the machine and make it sound like things are going to start shooting out of the side of it and stuff like that, (laughs) you know, because it it gets a little scary sometimes, you know. It's going fast and stuff, but uh, is that like um, that HDU, that plastic stuff there? Like, you can rip right through that stuff. It's like it's not even there, you know, but... Mm -hmm. You know, plywood gets a little bit weird, you know, but that's like that guy. Um, you guys ever see that uh, uh, Kaizen inserts? The guy, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Jason. He has um, he's a carpenter uh, like in Rhode Island or something. And he does those foam inserts for like cases. You've probably oh, yeah, seen yeah, him. Yeah, like yeah, Lucas, yeah. a man-made, yeah. always is posting uh, out there stuff. Yes, so that's yes. he cuts those on his CNC, and I just imagine like oh, how yeah. nice that must be. Like you throw like a five-inch piece of foam on your CNC and you just let it go. Yeah, like as fast as it can possibly go, just mm. cut it out. There's probably nowhere on the bits. The machine he could probably sell his machines. They're probably like brand new. You know, mm. like nowhere yeah. on the spindles. It's literally like floating in air. Yeah. It's yeah, like, man, I'm that sure. must be nice. I want to try uh, – I have some – I don't remember what I got in the mail, but it had these, like, big five-inch blocks of foam in the box with no cutouts in them. And I want to try to make, like, some tool inserts for, you know, like, drawers and stuff and yeah. use the CNC to do them. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I want to make a rack for my punches for my uh, iron worker. Paul, you made, like, a little something for yours or not Yeah, yet? it came out like crap. I need I – need- Someone to CNC cut me one out of MDF that's mm. all nicely labeled and yep. with all the uh, the holes and stuff. But um, when you come up for a visit, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I need to come up soon. I'll give you I'm a getting, good deal. I'm getting bored. I yeah. can't hang out with anybody. <laughs> I know. I know. It's you got to just go ride Harleys with. Uh, just head over to like the rest stop on the highway on like a Sunday, and there'll be a bunch of other people on Harleys. You can just ride around with them. Dude, I'm not allowed yeah. on the on the highway. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I haven't even gone at it. I haven't even hit fourth gear yet. Oh my god, you got to take it on a straightaway and just let it rip. Yeah, just hold on tight. 
<laughs> it'll feel like you're getting peeled off the back i remember yeah. the first time i went like fast on my bike i was like holy shit you feel like your knuckles starting to peel back over yeah. the grips you're like wow you're sliding off the back of the seat yeah that's the right fa- the fastest my electric glide would go i had at the time it had the bigger engine it had the 95 inch engine yeah it would go 109 that's as fast as it go it wouldn't fast. go yeah, but it's funny. You'd be riding, like, when you're riding with a group of people, like I said, we'd go to Washington, D.C. and stuff, but we were up in uh, Lincoln, New Hampshire, which is pretty far up in New Hampshire, and it was Labor Day weekend, and I had to be home. It was Olivia's birthday, and my buddy had to be at the shower, so we're coming home, and there's one part of New Hampshire where the highway, it's like 93 and 293 and Route 3 split, so it's like three different splits, and we're just like – slow like it's you know moderate traffic but we're just kind of just going with you know just like 90 the whole way and um we come it splits and there's two cops there Uh, on motorcycles but they're on the other side of the highway like not on mm -hmm. our side but like four lanes over but on the same side and they got their radar guns and like instantly they're like pull it over pull it over i look at him he looks at me he gives the cop the finger. Yeah. <laughs> I says, oh, fuck. So we just kept going. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this kid doing, you know? So we just keep going. I probably shouldn't be telling this. Story. It is a while. <laughs> yeah, the statute uh, of limitations is over now. This is a made-up story. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a friend's friend did this. There you so go. So it's like split and split. We just kept going. But then it was like a mile later, we're in Massachusetts. And then like, oh, shit. We didn't have helmets on because New Hampshire, it's no helmets. So now we got to pull over, uh, put helmets on. But nothing ever came of it. But I'm like, if I well, get a ticket, good. I'm just going to say, like, I didn't see the cop tell me to pull over. But it was just like. That's uh, pretty oh ballsy because you're basically on the yeah. same type of motorcycle they are. Yeah, yeah. Like, not like you was, guys were on, like, sport bikes and yeah, they were on, like, big, Yeah, you know, yeah. No, it bikes. was like, they were, like, it was, like, four lanes of highway. They were over in the highway split right there. So it was, like. You know, they're not going to yeah. get on their bikes, cross all this traffic. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't we didn't get in trouble. But yeah. it's um, you would never do something like that, Paul, though. Your no. mother would kill you. <laughs> no, I don't think I'd be going fast enough to get pulled over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going never. too slow. Never. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. There's that nice uh, straightaway down by my house right in front of the beach. And that's always like anytime I test rode my bikes when I was building uh building the Suzuki or the the old Royal Enfield. My house is right up the road. So I would like work on them in the garage, go around a couple blocks. Then I'd have a nice, like, I don't know, it's got to be two miles where it's like the road's just straight. There's oh, wow. one traffic light. And then after that, you've probably got a good mile between the the two lights, but the road is like the aggro crag. So like, there's like bumps and, you know, it's like almost like plates of concrete instead uh, of uh, yeah. paved. So like that's the true test to see if you're going to blow up. If you hit that going like 60 and your back end doesn't shear off, mm. you know, you're fine. Yeah. We Those... went actually down there, Paul, when I bought the Harley and we took that ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. We I went down that, that way. The, those big bikes, though, like, they just want to cruise, like, at 75. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just happy at that speed with, you know, the gearing and everything like that. So, it's just, you know. There's no just, wind either. You're just kind of, like, chilling. Yeah, no. And it just, yeah. It's, like, it's perfect just, conditions. Yeah. Nice. Heated grips, right? Aren't they all, oh, like, yeah. out? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. You'll get there one day, kid. Right? Yeah. Paul's got to grow a mustache, and, and you'll oh, be ready to go. It. 
Yeah, I feel like the only way I would ever do that is if I was riding in like a big group where it's like yeah. safe, where it's like safer, you know? Yeah. It's got to be way safer if there's like 10 guys in a pack than just one guy on the highway, right? Yeah, kind really? of, but it, riding in a pack, I never really liked it. Oh, it I was like, for us, like... for the last, yeah, a lot of guys just don't pay attention. Oh, that's it's just true. too many people around and shit. I, I just one sense. other guy, yeah, maybe like two or three, but yeah, sometimes just gets weird with a lot of people. You know, but I, I yeah. guess how that would happen too. Yeah, just the three of us, myself. maybe Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what kind of motorcycle does Jimmy have? Doesn't he have one? He's got a Diner, I think. Oh he's yeah, got a KTM got, yeah. Up there too. I want the yeah. KTM. What a dirt bike? Uh, it's like an enduro. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Is it like one of those um, what you call it? Where it's like street legal, or I is it just? So. A um, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, that's he's cool. in Cali. Let's go take it. Actually, no, he just put in this. He just put in that Simply Safe um, alarm system, so we can't. That's not on Shit. the containers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's on one door. Yeah. He told he was like, I was saying how I wanted to get a container for my property. He's like, oh, please take one of mine. I'm like, dude, honestly, yeah, cost, to get rid of those. the cost that would be associated with dragging his out of the mud and bringing yeah. them to my house, I could probably yeah. buy two. You could probably buy a warehouse. Right? I know. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I think those we should just like cut up and just like, you know, put yeah. in the CNC. I um, we'll make a flame I, cutting video for Harris and we'll just cut him up like we're cutting up an old ship. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like we, we just docked it. Shipwreckers. Yeah. That's right. That was one of our first podcast topics. Mm-hmm. I want to. Um, I wanted to get a small one of those and put it in my driveway. I don't think my neighbors would like it, but I'm like, who cares? You know? Dude, you know what I just saw? Uh, a friend of mine just bought a restaurant and she was like, oh, you know, like I want to get a storage unit. Her and I were going to split a storage unit because um, I needed some space for some stuff. And she's like, well, I, you know, I need one anyway. Um, and she wound up getting, you know what a pod is, right? Like, yeah. So there are pods, which are like fiberglass, the ones that you would move out of your house. But then they have this other thing called pods for business and it's just shipping containers. Uh-huh. But you can either keep them on site or you can load them and they'll take them and and yeah. store them she yeah. pays like 250 a month and she's got like a nice brand new watertight shipping container at the back of her property at the restaurant i'm like yeah. damn like this is a great deal you know like yeah and it's it's solid it's secure it's got like a crazy like five point lock on it so you'd literally have to like torch cut your way into this thing and if she says hey i i need this huh. out of here but i obviously want to keep my stuff they'll come they'll sure, drag it up yeah. onto a truck and they'll go store it at a yard somewhere i was like damn that might be like a good uh yeah those things are pretty cool how they might, do that and i think it'd probably be like a good way i mean god forbid i ever have to move but that might be a good way for me to move have oh them yeah drop a can 100%. right in the driveway True. yeah you, you load it at your leisure yeah absolutely mm-hmm. it's a great way to do if it they could fit the uh 18 wheeler down in that hole down in there you can fit you can fit a 26 foot box truck down my driveway i've no matter what the driver says yeah <laughs> it's possible i was I mean, worried Paul, you got that, that trailer, trailer down there. that was yeah. crazy i couldn't believe i got that thing down there that was a pretty long a trailer job. too skill yeah that it's was a, a good trailer I, I i said to macklin i when i bought when i picked up my jet mill the other day on uh monday uh wednesday i backed it into the driveway by myself and it's probably the first time I've ever backed up a trailer for any real purpose. Mm-hmm. And I told Macklin, it's like the proudest thing I've done in the last like six months. It's like the most, I, I feel like I've, I've gained just a little more masculinity being yeah, able to yeah, back yeah. up a trailer down. Dude, when you do driveway. that, you're like a hot old man. Like when you back it up good, man, yeah. it's like, you yeah. gotta know how to back up a trailer. Mm-hmm. 
as a man. You yeah, gotta be able yeah. to do it. Like hundred percent. Yeah. No, it's even harder. My father-in-law used to be so good at it. Well, he still is, but is uh parallel parking a boat. Oh, oh yeah, that no. seems hard. Oh, that seems hard. Man. He is so good. He had two boats. He still does, but one of them has an inboard engine. Those things are so high because it's got the you know the props in the middle of the boat. It just has the rudder in the back, yeah. like a little water skiing one. Oh my god, he could parallel park that thing like it was nobody's business. Wow. Uh, yeah. My partner at work, uh, my my boss is like a big boating guy, and uh, my partner at work, his dad, I think, was a lawyer, and like you know, is from like a nice neighborhood on Long Island. So like, you got to have a boat. Like, a, you know, I'm sure his dad did really well and was involved with people with lots of money. So he's telling this story about how you know they never had anything bigger than like a little tiny uh, Boston whaler, you know, like mm-hmm. a small boat. Mm-hmm. And his dad, uh, whatever, at one point decides, hey, I want to get like a real like vessel. So they buy this boat. He gets a mooring or he gets a gets a slip and uh, the boat gets delivered to the slip. So it's like his like first or second time driving the boat, but it's his first time getting it out of the slip. And he said that his dad was not like capable of wielding this vessel. So on their way out of the marina, hit like three or four other boats to the point where people were throwing ropes to them to try to pull them in. And we're like, you are not driving this boat again until you have like proper training from, you know, like a seasoned boat captain. Cause the boat was like probably brand new, probably a lot of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he's banging into other people's boats, <laughs> banging into the, the piers, hitting the tires. Did I just like, watch oh that my God. And he's like, qualified captain? Oh, I saw, I saw. <laughs> you know, did you, saying, did you just see the one? It's not the, that one. It's the other one called um, boat something or whatever. But uh, the guy's trying to do it, it, you literally just described it, and he's like trying to do it, and people are trying to help him, and all of a sudden he just guns it. He must have been trying to go backwards, and he hit it forward. Oh my god, he pushes the boat right onto the dock. What, what is that? I gotta find. That. I saw one where it was uh, like a husband and a wife, and she was in one boat, and he was in the other, and they and she leaned over to like give him a kiss, and she leaned on the throttle, and, and <laughs> the boat went flying up on top of the dock. <laughs> well, did you guys see the one I sent you earlier on Instagram? It was. There's boat boats pulling in, and there's a there's a wake, and this guy on a wave runner does a backflip off the wake, but then the boat behind him is a flat bottom fishing boat and jumps the wake and just completely <laughs> like implodes. So you see this guy do a backflip, you're like, oh wow, that was so cool, and then you see this other guy probably get very injured and destroy his boat. <laughs> boat Bible is the, the boat other Bible. One. Boat Bible. The qualified yeah. captain is is such oh my a God, good account. It's so crazy. I love it. It's I funny. My, it. my one of my brother-in-laws, he's got a, a business where he fixes boats up in Marblehead, Mass, and uh, he got me onto that. And it's just funny, the you know, because you know he just has all these you know crazy boat stories and stuff. And when he had showed me that, I was like, oh my god, so funny. But it's um, it's funny. He was just uh, there was a movie they filmed in uh, Massachusetts, and Adam Sandler, I think, was in it. And my brother-in-law is in the movie. And he drives the boat at the end. It was like this big to do. And um, yeah, he's in a bunch of scenes in the movie, but he's hidden driving the boat. It looks like Adam Sandler's driving it or whatever. 
And it's funny, the end scene, my brother-in-law drives the boat by and my daughter sent us a video of it the other night. It's like, you you know, you can't see any him, nothing. It's just like a boat going by. And that was like his big, his big <laughs> scene in the movie, you know, but he was all excited about it. <laughs> but yeah. I would be too. We've never had a, uh, my, my dad didn't like going on boats. He came over from Italy on a boat when he was eight. And ever since, yeah. like, ever since yeah. he was a kid, he would get really bad motion sickness. So he, yeah. well, it's funny because we live like in such a boat town. Like everybody has a, mm-hmm. everybody has a freaking sailboat and everybody learns on the uh, sunfish is like the little sailboat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sailing like, school. Yeah. They all do the sailing camp. Uh, got which the is, same shit near me. Yeah. I think, I think uh, I told you guys that Max Hazen, the motorcycle builder was oh. the sailing instructor at the yacht club in Seacliff. Oh, that's cool. So it's, but it's like, my dad was like, I don't get a boat. What are you out of your mind? Yeah. Well, my so dad like, got one. I've Freaking never, I've never stupid. tried to drive a boat. I've never been on a jet ski. We kayak. Really? That's about it. Where uh, I, I love boats. I, that's my one thing. If I ever hit the lottery, I always wanted a boat. I tried building a boat when I was about sixteen. Oh think, yeah, maybe. Oh yeah, is that a, a, a kit from uh, not a kit? Uh, plans from Popular Mechanics, and it was like a jet ski, but it was a one-person boat. And I built the whole wooden part, and then you had to fiberglass it. And my father didn't know what end of a hammer to hold. And I was like, oh, Pop, I got a fiberglass it. And he's like, oh, how much is a fiberglass? And, you know, look it up. And he's like, yeah, we're not fiberglassing <laughs> it. And probably like five years later, it ended up in the trash. But I didn't know how to do fiberglass. You know, they didn't have the YouTubes back then. Yeah. yeah. Encyclo- Encyclopedia Britannica didn't mm-hmm. go up to fiber. My mother only bought up to E, so I never saw a fiberglass <laughs> how to do it. I, I, I don't. Um, like boats on Long Island Sound as much as I like them, like on a lake. Uh, lake boats the best. Yeah, because Long Island Sound. I always said I wish I could blow up Long Island because our beaches suck in Connecticut. They're so bad because <laughs> Long, Long Island makes it just like a dirty, like just gross water. And then you go to Rhode Island, it's like beautiful, like blue water. And there's actual waves. Like, you can't do anything on Long Island. It's gross. You can't blame Long Island, all right? Connecticut dumped a lot of chemicals in that, in the, uh, in the Long Island sounds. From yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they had a lot of manufacturing yeah, exa- Exactly. Connecticut made a lot of stuff, and it's all mm-hmm. gone now. But, and all those, like the Housatonic River. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That's like a cesspool. You just dump mm-hmm. it in there. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how they used to do that back mm-hmm. in the day, huh? You just dump it in there. Like the Hudson River. God only knows what toxic no. waste. There was a TikTok of a girl who was on a boat, and she like went right close to the Statue of Liberty and was like in a bathing suit and like jumped in the Hudson, and people were like lighting her up in the comments. They're like, "There's how many dead bodies are Dude, in there? How many chemicals?" The, the, the Malden River. Waste. The Malden River, that's where the Malden crew team rose. Yeah. You have to sign something. So, you, Paul, you know a little bit about yeah. rowing. When you win a race, the thing is you take the coxswain and you throw them in the oh, river yeah, yeah. to celebrate. You're not allowed to throw you them have, in this river? No, you have to sign something saying that you will not do it. This river is so toxic. Yeah. If it rains, all the storm drains that's in what Malden happens. run into there. Here. And there's like black sludge on the bottom of the river. And um, it it's like I forget how it is. It's like it's not even really a river. It's just an inlet of water. So it's like dead water. Yeah. And it's just it's so disgustingly dirty that we had to buy portable showers 
So if anybody gets wet, you're not allowed to touch it. It's just filthy, get disgusting your stomach water. Pumped. Yeah, it's just it's so bad. But hey, the kids got to row, so hmm? you know they liked it. But um, it's just funny, just really nasty. That's like when I was in Florence when we went to uh, Maker Central, and then me and my mm-hmm. dad and my friend um, went to uh, Florence, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it's the same thing. Like there's a rowing club on that river. What is it like the Arno River or something? It's just brown sewage yeah. water because you got yeah. all those buildings that are like 800 years old, which just dumped the sewage right yeah. into the and they still do right into the river. You got to get your stomach yeah. pumped if you fall in. When you did that, was your buddy with you at Maker yeah, Central? No, no, he wasn't there. How did you meet up with him? We met up with him in England, and then and went he was tall. in one of their giant suitcases that oh we dragged. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, he used to row with me at, in high school, and then he um, lived yeah. in Florence for a year for college. Oh, nice! Yeah, so he knew nice. all the local spots. Has, um, Wow. I forgot we're doing a Maker podcast. Central? I know. We're I just kind of rambling may. on about Yeah, yeah. Shit. Do Everyone's start, listening. Do you want to I mean, start over? I, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I wanted to thank everybody that's reached out to me. I've had a ton of people tell me how much they enjoy this podcast, and I'm sorry if they don't enjoy this one because it is a lot of rambling going on. But Who cares? Um, it's, um, you know, it's just going. really I'll nice. i get something going. <laughs> well, they're probably already shut off for 54 no, minutes. They're in, still here. So. They're still here. Okay. All right. Everyone's well, everyone's wondering why you didn't mail the spray paint shaker to uh, Gavin. I well, I did. I have his address. It's boxed up. He I, I took I address. took uh, responsibility for that. I messaged him. I said I was I was definitely supposed to send Derek your address, and I never did. We're going to be doing another giveaway at some point. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because when I got that through Instagram, I'm literally taking them out of the box they came in and I was um boxing up a thing for the guy that I gave the thing a thick so to. Nice. So I was like, ah shit. It's like I gotta get another box now. But yeah, I have his address. He sent it to me, so that'll be getting sent out someday. Nice. No. It'll be sent out this week. Speaking of DMs, I just got a DM on Instagram from somebody. You know, because I just got new boots, new Carolina boots. Somebody wanted to buy my old, disgusting boots. He goes, would you be interested in selling me your boots? I just what? didn't – I didn't open it. Like, it's in the part where it's like, you know, they, uh, yeah. Yeah. they can't see request. it. It's in my request. Then a day later uh, on a, a comment on one of my uh, posts. On your underwear? He goes, no, 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 probably. I, I bet if I offered, he'd probably take them. Oh, but um, <laughs> he goes – uh, read your answer your DM. That's what he commented. I'm like, this freaking whoever, what kind of weirdo this is wants to buy my old boots. It's like, why do why why do these people always like bother me? Why do they always like harass there, there, me? There's a market on eBay for like worked in boots. People yeah. buy them so that they don't have to work in their own boots. My boots are shot. They're like freaking yeah. dull, torn apart. But like I, I so like there was who the hell wants like, to wear someone else's dirty. Right, sweat, sweated in boots. That's gross. People I had so a pair weird. of boots that I bought at. They were like new old stock. I bought them at a thrift store in Austin, Texas, and they were from a brand called American Sportsman. They were these like it was an old pair of boots, but I they were, I loved them. They looked they looked similar to the Red Wing Iron Rangers. But oh, they I were, have a yeah, pair of something like those. Yeah, they were slimmer and they were steel toe and they were like eight inch boots and they were like my favorite work boots. They oh, were that's like, cool. but they were they, new. But they were, they were old, but they were new. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, see, I'm fine with that. That's cool. But they were – American Sportsman is like gone. 
Like, yeah. And so I look on eBay to try to find these boots. Every once in a while, I'll randomly be like, oh, I'll just go and like type in American Sportsman. And there are sellers that sell them. But while I was looking for them, I, I was looking for like that boot. So I would go through eBay looking at these boots and people would market their like broken in Red Wings or their beat up like, you know, uh, uh, the Iron Rangers are like the like number one selling like hipster like Brooklyn boot, you know, cause it <laughs> yeah. looks like you've like been working on your motorcycle. But, uh, I just think it's so funny that like, you can't just buy boots and wear them and actually do something in them. You got to buy somebody else's like hard worn shoes to look like you did something. That's so weird. Uh, right. I, I don't know. People. That's like days. the best was when, um, well, Paul, you're young. So, but like a couple of years back when Kaha was the big thing, mm-hmm. the Kaha jackets, like everybody started uh, wearing them. It's like, Mine's like 30 years old. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, just all beat up and yeah. stuff. And it's like, you know, you put it on your kids. You're like, oh, dad, you're trying to look hip. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this is called a work jacket. <laughs> right? Jerk, I, I know? built like 10 houses in this jacket. I know. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. I have not I have like a canvas jacket that I wear all the time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like a – it's a work jacket. You know, it's like a brown – it's not a Carhartt, but it's basically the same yeah. as like a Carhartt canvas jacket. And it's like, it's dirty and it's, it's well-worn and it's like, I could probably like sell to a vintage store for like $200, you know, yeah. cause it like looks like somebody wore it. It's like frayed on the bottom because it's, you know, it's been worn for however many years in the freaking cold. And, and exactly like you said, like building houses and getting yeah. stuck on shit. It's, it's hysterical. Yeah. It's lived in. But yeah. anyway, Paul, what do you have coming up next? What's the next project you're working on? Let me guess. It's a um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I got to finish up this. Um, I have, Oh, I have a couple other like smaller things coming up. I have like this, um, shelving metal shelving, um, kind of like a, I don't know if it's for like, oh, to go above like a bar in somebody's house to hold like glasses or drinks and, or, or bottles of wine or something. And then there's also like these steel panels that I got to do um on a fireplace and what else do i have? I always forget like i don't even i have so many other things going on but i just can't even think of them um <laughs> then i have a, that big job that's we're just waiting to get going on that that one where i set those um uh those anchor bolts and leveling plates we we brought those down there and that job should be getting going in the next couple weeks um and then i just got to install these these couple other you know pieces of railings that i've just am finishing up so Got any YouTube videos coming out anytime soon? I know you shot a bunch of stuff in the new shop when you were building it. Yeah, I did. And I got to actually, I got to find that footage. But also I I have this really cool bench that I I remember telling you guys about. Mm -hmm. And I actually want to try and do that this next weekend. Um, So that would be, that'll be pretty cool. And then I want to make like a cool steel door for the shop and do a couple other different things. But I'm waiting on some equipment to show up before I, I do that. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm sure everybody would love to see just a video about, you know, what you have going on. Yeah. And Yeah. I want to get the place set up a little bit more. I got a couple more things I got to do and then I'll do mm-hmm. like a cool video once it looks nice. Cause right now there's just a bunch of stuff over on one side of the shop in a pile. Cause I don't even have like a place to put the stuff yet. Yeah. But it's yeah, all that's, coming that's along. What happens though. Right. It's like, yeah. Kind of work through setting up a shop, especially when you have that much room. It's you don't have any real driver to like put things exactly where they belong. Because if yeah. you're like, oh, I don't really want to deal with the machining stuff, you can just like, 
I mean, I know your machine shop's kind of set up so that you can use it, but it's probably not the way you want it to be. It's not even know? it's not even set up yet because I got to wire the whole thing. That's the other thing. The place is so big. It's like there's no wall. It's kind of weird when you don't have walls. Mm-hmm. Like where do you like put things? It, it's, mm. it's strange. Like, and then also wiring everything. It's like anytime you want to wire a machine, you got to buy 150 feet of wire to like put yeah. an outlet. So it's, it's a little challenging, but half the shop is kind of pretty much completely wired. And then I got to work on the next half of the shop. I got some more welders I got to get, um, some more equipment that I got to get. Um, but it'll happen probably in the next couple months. Nice. That's really exciting. Yeah. It's cool to see it come along. It was cool to see it in person. Oh yeah. It's, it's so nice. Like it's just crazy to have this much space. Yeah, I know. I need that. I need space. Yeah. I'm out of space. (laughs) It hurts. Yeah. Storage units. Oh, I know, dude. It's like the more, I mean, the more and more it's, I just like think about, I I can't, like I've been pushing, putting off building a hydraulic press since January. Yeah. And I still want to build one. I mean, I, I have to build one. I made a commitment to, uh, to Northern tool who was kind enough to send me a bunch of the parts for the hydraulic press. Um, and I made a commitment to them that I would do a video and, you know, make it. And I still want to have one cause there's actually like a tons of applications for a, you know, a 25 ton forging press essentially like what Paul has. But I mean, Paul's made, you made that little V block, you made those brackets on it, you, you know, like all sorts of different things for it. Yeah. So like, but it's one of those things where I look at my shop and I think like, if, if one just appeared aside from the, aside from building it, cause there's so much involved with building it. If one just appeared, it's like, I don't, I'd have to figure out how to fit it. You know, you it's have like, to move. I'm telling I have you. to move. I have to move. You can't keep, you're not going to want to like the way you schlep shit around. And it's like hard to watch. Cause it takes up I'm serious. Like it takes up so much of your time. I know. It's I so know. frustrating. It's like, God, like if this kid had, you know, Save that for the after show. If this kid, <laughs> I know, but if this kid had a shop where he could, you know, have a forklift and a little more space, so you could do so much more. Yeah, but you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, it's you tricky, know, it's, man. It's funny Long Island. That's the that's the price you pay living in such a nice, you know, area. Yeah, yeah. that's that's how I felt when you were talking about those. Um, the jet last night, I'm like, oh, man, I was like, I should call him and tell him I want to buy that. And then I was like down in the basement and I'm looking, I'm like, I have no place to put that. Like, mm-hmm. realistically, even the other side, I'm like, I could possibly make room, but I'm like, could I? I'm like, I, I don't think I could, you know, and I'm like, I got to be realistic. Like that thing just would take so much room, you know, mm-hmm. even as small as it is. And it just it sucks because it's like. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe next year I can move when Max graduates from school. But it's like, it, it just, I, I do want more room. I mean, I could rearrange this a little bit better. But it's like, I don't have time for that shit. You know, I, I, I want to just get a, um, you know, place I got more room to just spread out some more, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really tricky, and it's you know, it's like how do you how like for me to move? It's not about the desire to move. It's not about the economic. I mean, it is about the economics of moving, but it's also just like the logistics of moving. You know, like Uh if I if somebody gave me a space and said, "Oh, here's like five thousand feet. You can you know do whatever you want to do there," I'd be like, "Okay." And now, can I have like twenty thousand dollars to like facilitate the move of my stuff? 
mm. you know, because I can't just move. Yeah, you know, yeah no it, way. It would take like months. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. still not even half. I'm like halfway done setting things up. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard. It's it takes a long time, but yeah, it's gonna have to happen because I know you're, you're not gonna want to meet that. Oh Jimmy. yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh in New York City, that's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. yeah, he was at least curtailed into how much space he had, though. You yeah. know, like he didn't have like I mean, yeah, he had a lot of stuff down there. Yeah, but he didn't but have that much place. room to have yeah. like big stuff. Like my yeah. concern is like, dude, I just like I'm dragging. Oh god, every time we drag in a machine, I'm like, oh my god, kill me. Dude, but can I mean, you imagine if you could just have a nice smooth concrete floor and you could pick up a bridge port with a forklift mm-hmm. and it, I could pick up my bridge port in about 30 seconds. Yep. You and spin it around and put it, yeah, put it away. Forever. I could bring it outside. I could bring it inside. Yep. Like it mm-hmm. would be so much happier. Like, yep. I know it's just, it's just the availability of the space. Yeah, I mean, like I literally looked yesterday. You. I, yeah. I looked yesterday for commercial space. And, you know, what you're spending is like $1.3 million on what was a auto repair shop. You know, it's still like 20 minutes away from my house. So it's like, okay, cool. Now, so uh, yeah, you got over a million dollars in, uh, in payment. And then it's, it's not set up or anything. You know, it's like, you got to go and do all that. You got to do all that work. You got to make payments and then if you if you try to find something reasonable it's so far away from from where i live that it's like it's just not even possible it's not Mm. even like sustainable to have to drive you know that far to a shop it's just this is not the place to have a large building it's just unless you have my thing is i'm gonna move i i don't want a shop not that's that's away from my house yeah you know I just want to be able to go down my basement or mm-hmm. my garage or something. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's like, uh, you know, I mean, it depends. There, there is stuff that's like not super far away, but you know, for, you know, t- a 10,000 square foot building, it's going to be like one and a half million dollars. And, you know, you got to get a tenant. Now you got to deal with a tenant. You got to think about, you know, the problems that come along with a tenant if you don't take the whole thing. Because if I had 10,000 feet, I would rent some of it, right? I wouldn't need yeah. all uh, 10,000 square feet. But it's it's just tricky. And you got taxes and you got environmental issues. It's like I, I think the ideal thing for me is to have a property that has enough room that I can, you know, just build a building like Jimmy's Barn and just build have like a 5,000 square foot building. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if I had a 3,000 square foot building and I had uh, like a 50% loft the way that Jimmy's going to do at, oh, his, yeah. house, yeah. at his shop. Because like there's so much stuff in my shop that isn't working tools, but you need to have, you know, like. You need like a whole storage room. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if you did a, if you did a, if I did a barn the same size as Jimmy's and I put a carport outside it to put like, you know, stuff that can live outside, that's all you would ever need. Yeah. You know, and a building like the size of Jimmy's, if you buy it like a pre manufactured building, you could have that building up and done for a hundred thousand dollars, you know, without yeah. electric. But you could have that thing, you could have concrete done and a post frame building, you know, put on site, uh four thousand feet, three thousand feet for you know, the building's gonna be like seventy grand, the concrete probably be thirty, the earthwork and all that stuff. And that's it. It's you you own it. I've spent 
over a hundred thousand dollars in cash since I opened this shop on rent. Wow. So, and that's in four years. It's like it's crazy, wow. and it's and none of that was like finance yeah. money. It's literally just money that I've spent that I've made and spent, which makes me feel like it's a just an expensive sense of accomplishment, you know. But at the same time, it also makes me feel like kind of sick because I spent a hundred thousand dollars in the last four years. <laughs> It's just an expensive place to do business and the type of business you're doing could be done anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like making content, you know, it's not like, you know, when you're in Long Island, you know, and and you're, I don't know, everything costs more there. Like if you're, Mm -hmm. if you were doing, I don't know, let's say you're doing like stone countertops or something like it's going to cost more in Long Island than if you were in like Texas to get granite countertops. But that's that like the rent's more, the costs are more, so the price is more. But what you're doing is like you're going to get paid the same regardless of where you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's but, crazy. That's why we uh, want to move to like Massachusetts or something like that or Connecticut or somewhere that, you know. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys to move to Connecticut. It's right in the middle yeah. of both. Come on. It's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we'll I can't we'll move now. <laughs> yeah. But see, the but. thing about your type of shop is like, like you. Re- I mean, I know you don't want to move, obviously, but like your like warehouse style shop, like you could just move. You don't need anything special. You need like space, like raw. Yeah, space. but it, the problem is, it's my clients in the, of the area, so that's what's preventing me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, but the the like the raw space idea, you know you could, you could get up and go. But now that you've, you know, exactly, you've built yourself around a client base. My goal is to not ever build myself around a client base and be able to live anywhere. You know I mean? Look at what I'm sure you guys follow Matt Cremona on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Well, Matt Cremona just bought this like incredible piece of property with a big barn and all this land in, uh, where is he? Minnesota, Michigan. Who the fuck wants to live? Yeah, exactly. Right? But I mean, if, but that's, that's where no, his, life is. That's where that's, his life is. But like, you know, that's, yeah. you know, that's, uh, I would do that in a well, heartbeat. That's a, like when uh, ZH Fab, when he bought his place mm-hmm. from Florida, I was like so fucking jealous. Like he had oh. that huge bond. Yep. Then it has like the carport for a fucking camper. Like mm-hmm. it's another whole spit. It's like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Like that's ideal. That's a sweet piece of property he's got. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It's awesome. It is awesome. I, I like when you see that kind of thing, I'm just like, when I see his property and I'm like, that exists, not just where he bought it. You know, like if oh, you yeah. really decide to move, like if, if Angela and I really decided to move to Massachusetts and we picked a town in Massachusetts or Connecticut and I called a realtor and said, Hey, listen, this is what I do. And I'm looking for a property with a big barn or a place that I is, you know, that, you know, enough about the zoning that I can easily build a building. They'll find you something. You know, and I'm sure that Zach and uh, his wife, when they were talking to realtors, said, like, don't just show us a house in Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. you know, show us a yeah. house in Ohio with a shop. And when they saw that one, he must have been, like, upside down. Yeah. Because that thing is – his shop is, like, perfect for him. It's awesome. Yep. He's got that outdoor space. You know, like, uh, that's like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not paying two mortgages. Yeah. The thing you know? that sucks in Massachusetts, if you have – or a plan to have kids, that's when you get fucking screwed. Because any good town for, with decent schools is expensive, you mm-hmm. know, unless you're out in the western part of the state, you know. Yeah. But it is. It's tough. I wouldn't want to be a kid nowadays. Right. But 
It is tough. So, yeah. Well, what are you watching these days, Paul? Give me something good. Um, I've been watching this this comedian. I saw him on Joe Rogan. His name's Tim Dillon. Have you heard mm-hmm. of him? He's from Long Island. He's so funny. He's just out of his I mind. I saw clips from his interview, but I didn't listen to the whole uh, episode. He's he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. If you hear him, you might recognize him. He's just super funny. And then I was watching this other thing, like, you know, Burt Kreischer, that comedian? Mm-hmm. He came out with some show on Netflix that was pretty funny called The Cabin. The first episode was so funny. He, like, has all his – he, like, rented a cabin, like, in the woods somewhere and has all his other comedian friends come do, like, stupid things. <laughs> and he had, like, this other comedian, Tom Segura and Joey Diaz, they went, and they had to, like – butcher like an emu or something and like cook it <laughs> and they didn't know what the hell it was like it was just funny though they're like i i always listen to that like group of comedians like on all their different podcasts and it's kind of like this like community of different comedians and they all do each other's stuff and like i know them all so it's pretty funny but that's that's what i've been listening to and watching but nice i gotta start watching Derek, what have you been watching making things <laughs> Yeah, nah, you do enough making on your own. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You already mentioned the kid, but like his channel's just like exploding. But I know exactly stuff what you're made, say. Stuff made him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to use, you bastard. Dude, His new video came out today. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's just so funny because Smarter Every Day with him, mm-hmm. like I've just been hooked on his stuff. So it's just so funny. But I was like thinking, I was like, geez, I wonder how many viewers he has. And I'm looking at it right now. He's got he's got over a million, right? Mm-hmm. 1.1 mil. He has like it five is. videos. But every video he's probably yeah, invested dude. like ten thousand dollars of his oh, own yeah. money into. He's wow. he's I mean he's, he's doing it all so right. So funny. He's so he cracks yep. me up. Like yep. his humor is just so dry. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's just he, he's funny, but uh, but yeah, just he does amazing, amazing shit. It just is, it's just like I said before. Thank God for smart people, right? They just save our lives yeah. and shit like that. And you got to watch his so, video. Some, yeah. I need to watch. I saw it pop up somewhere either on Instagram or YouTube. Is it yeah. the new what the new baseball bat one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like there's yeah. some people that are just in like another league, like of how smart yeah. they are, and it's like, yeah. thank God those people exist. You're right, because like I've yeah, I they some, save our lives. I know some pretty like stupid people. It's amazing the range of people. Yeah. How yeah. stupid some people could be and how unbelievably smart some people could be. And we're all like the same thing. It's yeah, like, yeah. it blows my mind. Some people are just like geniuses. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for them. Because, right. Like, like said, doctors they, and stuff. Like, yeah. I don't even know how they yeah. know how to do this shit. Yeah. Right. I know. Coming, up, coming up with vaccines. Like mm-hmm. I was just thinking, cause my, my, um, this is like the other day, my dog, um, my mom's dog isn't doing too good. He's got, he's got like heart disease and he's got to take these medications and he's got all these like little pills, but it's like this tiny, teeny little pill. It looks like a crumb is, is like keeping this dog alive and like completely transforming like, you know, his life and what he can do. And like, what the hell is in this pill? It's like a crumb. Like it's just sugar crushed up and the dog is just like living for any other reason. It's just like weed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A little bit of dirt. Yeah. A little bit of dirt. It's cocaine. A little bit of cocaine, and that's it. It's just all cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is amazing. So, Speaking of amazing, my pick of the week now, I have to revert to uh, – he was originally going to be my pick of the week until I watched 
stuff made here, but our friend Bobby Duke's new video making the crew. Oh, I need to watch that too. You know what? Fantastic. I was gonna say dude, unbelievable. He sent me that a couple weeks ago, oh. a picture of that. Oh. And I was like, oh my god, dude. Like he's so dude, talented. Crazy. He is like with he's the so sculpting stuff. Crazy. Yeah. And I well, mean those- the crystal wings, it's just like they're unbelievable. We and know like it's the funny. process and everything, it's like, ah. Oh. We were talking a couple of weeks ago, and he sent me the pitches, and he goes, what do you think? I'm like, oh, my God, those are amazing. I can't believe you made them out of epoxy and all this shit. So I'm watching the video, and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I said he made them out of epoxy, and they're clay. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, And it was like the molds he was mm-hmm. making. Yeah. But just, just unbelievable. Yeah. It, it's so funny. That's what was going to be my other one, Bobby. You think Bobby his Manning. stuff like one day is going to be like in museums, like he's going to be like a famous yeah. artist or something? Yeah. I think so. Probably should be, right? So. He wants to like kind of yeah. do that for himself. He told me yeah. that like in a perfect world, he's going to eventually he'll have like a gallery or something and it'll just yeah. be, you know, that's where his work will be. And, you know, like he doesn't have any interest in selling the stuff that he makes. I mean, maybe no. at a certain point if he says yeah, for the I right mean, price. I, at this point, right price listen, I don't know, though, because I have to assume yeah. that he has been offered the right price oh, really? a couple of times. Because yeah. Nicole, his wife, uh, told me that people will, like, relentlessly email yeah. saying, yeah. like, I want to buy that thing that Bobby made. And I'm sure at one point he's going to say, like, hey, you know what? Like, making videos was fun, and I don't want to do it. And maybe he says, like, maybe that's his, like, retirement fund. You know, maybe he literally just liquidates the sculptures that he's made. And cash out. He wanted to do. He told me before he wanted to do a video where he made something, and then he sneaks into a museum Mm. and puts it on display, dressed up as like a delivery person. I thought about Banksy's done done that a few times, but but he's afraid that they're going to find out and then trash it. You Mm. know, so it's like Uh, uh, you got to make something that's that's not too crazy that doesn't take too much time. Yeah, yeah, he's nuts. He's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah, the video just it came out so good. The the oh the product came out amazing. It's funny because I I didn't understand understand the scale of it, mm. and not to like not in a negative way, but I didn't realize how small the like charred guy was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like it's just so good, and so many yeah. people on YouTube are making these like art videos, like with the spinning art. Oh and my the God. Oh, with the stupid art, paint. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cool. I, I really do. Like it's I, and cool I the first make, time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the first five times. Exactly. It's fun to watch, I made like, art yeah. that, that exploited like kind of random patterns when I was in college. So I, I understand the, the basis behind it. But like when you see somebody like with what Bobby's doing, where he's like painstakingly like crafting something, not just going like, oh, like, uh, you know, I could buy plastic wings on Amazon and I'll carve the body. Like that would have been like, I probably, let, you probably could have found. Let me tell you this real quick. You hit the nail on the head. I don't know if I told you this the other day. I was working in a very, very high rent district in Boston. And I go in this house. This is like old, old money. Like these people, you buy into these places. Like you just don't move these neighborhoods. But anyways, I go in the ladies and not dealer. She has a picture on the wall. I think I was telling you, Chris, this. I was telling somebody. And it's literally white and red. I don't know what kind of triangles they were. Like isosceles. Mm-hmm. Whatever they were. Like right and white, red ones. They look like the um, the flags for the ships, the signal flags. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that, right? 
perfect geometric patterns, right? So I said, I, I just like to give these people like a little dig. I says, did you make that? Right? <laughs> she goes, oh, my God. She goes, this is made by blah, 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 some artist. She goes, do you realize he got his start framing famous artwork and nobody knew he was an artist, right? I'm looking at it and I'm saying, you fucking asshole. Like, ah. This guy cut this on a laser cutter, right? Yeah. And just framed it, which it, it looked cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I literally could spit that thing out in about 30 seconds. Mm. It's like it was just white and red plastic glued yeah. together. And, I'm, and, and I get it. You want to call it out? That's fine. But this dummy probably paid, I bet she paid five grand for this thing. And it, it was a one sure by one. That. Yeah, I just had <laughs> oh, yeah, a conservative. Yeah. I almost uh, wanted to 50. ask her. Yeah, but I'm like, what Man, what's up like that cost? She'd be like, yeah. oh well, well you know, yeah. God, where did, I'm where just like, house? oh my god. But that's like, like you're saying, like you want to call it out, that's fine. Yeah. But what Bobby's doing, and Bobby's always, I'm always like, Bobby, you can't. So, oh, it's just so easy, you can do it. And it's like, no, Bobby, you can't. It's not. Yeah, like yeah I don't think you well, could uh, just do. Everybody that. doesn't just do it. Yeah. When, when you when you're like us and you have like a practical like labor brain where you understand yeah. like what goes into making something that takes like true, I'll take the word talent out of it, but just yeah. like true, like craft, you know, like yeah. when you carve something or build something or weld something like it's, I have a hard time with the word talent. Cause I really think that anybody could learn how to do anything that anyone yeah. does if you really want to do it. But like I had the same problem in art school because I would look at this work and I'd be like, like, you know, what, what the, f- I'm not going to say it. What the heck what is the this? like, it's, it's, and like you, you spent like 45 minutes defending the like three dots of paint on the art. And I, and I understand it when I hear it in the context of your voice, but I, it doesn't make sense to someone that's looking at it. You know, like you can stare at a plastic bag that reminds you of your, of your, you know, your great aunt and it could bring you to tears. Right. And if you framed that plastic bag and you put it in your house, every time you look at it, it could bring you to tears and it could be like the thing. But, you know, if it has, it took, takes no practical skill, it has no uh, yeah. intrinsic, like, you know, interest, why the hell should anyone care about it? You know, yeah. I used to make machines that made abstract art specifically so that when I went to the, to the uh, reviews, people would be like, well, how did you feel when you made this? I said, I didn't feel anything because I made a machine that made it. You get to feel whatever you want to feel. If you feel that it's a piece of shit, then it's a piece of shit. If you love it, it doesn't matter to me because I didn't make it. I made the tool that made the abstract art, and now it's up to you to figure it out. You yeah. know, it, well, it's that, crazy. It's funny. I always want to, you know, because like he's always like, "Oh, you could do this. It's easy." And it's funny because I have like the little tools mm-hmm. that he uses, like these things here and stuff. Because I always want to try like what he does, and I always wanted to do that. That would be like a good contest. Like let's pick like a Bobby Duke yeah. thing, like an easier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's replicate it. I always wanted to do like a video <laughs> series on that on my YouTube. Like this guy made this, and this is how I'm gonna make it. You know, but um. It just, he does some crazy ass shit. That would be good. Like if you made a video and you called it, I tried to make Bobby Duke's nail sword and it was yeah. just a video of you trying to make it. And at the end you're like, yeah, fuck this Bobby. He, Dude, you got it. 42 so million I, views. You earned I'm, every single one of them. I'm actually, I'm actually going to do that. I have, I have uh, they're right here. 
nails. You have a, an old rusty nail? This is, well, this is one of them I was going to do, but I have a nail that was in my wall down here. It's huge. And I'm like, I think it's with my metal stuff. But I was going to try to do that with it. It's a huge nail. Like, I don't know where the hell they got it. It's like an old, old spike. But, um, but yeah, yeah maybe like I'll try that. The stainless steel bolt into the hunting knife. Yeah, the best is like that's when I started watching Bobby. Like I'd see like he made that pendant out of the piece of terracotta, mm-hmm. like pottery and stuff. It's like, really, dude? And then those things out of the rocks. It's like, holy yep. shit! I saw his Deadpool swords when we were at Jimmy's together. When uh, mm-hmm. we, oh yeah, well, however many months ago we were all together. Yeah. Nick was in town, and mm-hmm. um, and I remember when I had seen them, I was like, these are unbelievable. Paul, have you ever seen any of his stuff in person? No, because I know you've hung out with Bobby a the bunch knife. of times, but I've I, never. The knife seen, is the knife is ridiculous. I've never the seen it in knife. person. The it's, little knife he made is ridiculous. It's, it's like just so good, so yeah. so good. Yeah, it's not like half-assed. No, like, yeah, that's like the whole thing. Like that really perfect. impresses me. Shout out to Bobby Duke. Yeah, you deserve the, every bit of success that you've gotten. I always show people the pencil he carved into the pencil. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm that's looking a, at right now. Crazy. That is the most ridiculous thing. You know, it's just, uh, it is. It, it's just, it's crazy. The list goes on and on yep. with him. Yep. His wife's doing like amazing stuff with the pottery mm-hmm. she's making. Yep. I'm like Jesus, and it's Christ. it's so cool to watch that too because like, you know what? Bobby's not my pick of the week. Bobby gets enough fame. Nicole, Nicole. Duchess Nicole Duke is my pick of the week. Everyone should go follow her on Instagram because she well, started I, and she would post these pictures of her clay, like mugs and stuff that she made. And when she was first starting, you could tell like she was a beginner. But now, like yeah. I see her stuff and I send it to my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, like this is awesome. You know, like yeah. we should learn how to make this. Not to say that it's easy, but it's like it's been really yeah. cool to watch her progression uh, I just as she's been that- doing it. I just sent that message to Bobby the other day. I were talking and I said, it's nice. Cause you know, she would be with him all the time mm-hmm. and like he would drag her around and it's like, it's nice to see her find her place like in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it just unbelievable. She sent me and my wife a gift. She made us mugs and stuff. And I, I'm using them, Nicole, if you listen to this, but um, we don't. But um, she's like, you better use them, you know. But I was like, they're too nice to you use. Can't use you can't use them. Know? I know. They're on display. Right? So. If you made your own mug in your basement and it came out amazing, you would use yeah. it and you'd probably, yeah. like, not give a shit. But hers, yeah. you can't use it. You yeah, gotta... no, it's too nice. So you got to keep it. All right. But that's that. That's Anything it. Else? I think that's it. Episode 16 under wraps. And uh, if yeah. anyone's looking for a, an incredible small shop milling machine, hit me up at make everything shop on Instagram. You could have one for the single low price of $2,200. Nice. <laughs> um, and follow Paul Pinto on Paul Pinto Jr. on Instagram. Follow mm-hmm. Derek from Malden at Instagram. If you're listening to this podcast, you already follow all of us. So it's probably a waste of time. But uh, listen to the other episodes of the other shows here on the Makery Network. I hope everyone uh, has a productive week this week coming up. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.